0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. Today, I have the absolutely incredible, wonderful Wayne Kimmel. He's the managing partner of 76 Capital, a a sports technology betting-centric venture capital firm based out of Philadelphia. He's also the author of Six Degrees of Wayne Kimmel, which we actually never even got to, unfortunately. We had so much fun talking about esports, talking about sports gambling, specifically in the time that we're in now, uh, which is not something that i was shooting for but we were having so much fun i was learning so much and i hope you guys and girls are learning as much as well so we just stuck with it we roll with it we talked for about an hour about it so i hope you guys all enjoy the conversation i had with the incredible wayne kimmel right today's very special guest i have wayne kimmel the managing partner of 76 capital also the author of six degrees of wayne kimmel i feel like you stole that from some famous actor but you know i'm not gonna not gonna call you too much out on that Wayne. i appreciate you uh, hanging out with me today
1: hey michael thank you so much and uh, it's really great to be here and i I love all the things that you do and i hope that we can you know learn from each other and have a great conversation and hopefully find ways to help each other in the future
0: that's the way we got to do it, man. That's how, that's how the world works, especially in a weird time that we're in now. Let's just try and help each other, lift each other up. What is it? Uh, rising tide. Something about rising tides and all the boats going up with it. So um, I do love that. So Wayne, first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much?
1: You know, I, I love sports so much because it's just been something that I think, you know, it's funny, I'm sitting here holding a baseball right now. And it was probably like the first thing that my, my dad put in my crib. You know, I think as a, as a kid, he always, there was always, always balls around. And it was the same thing that my wife and I did with, with our son. And we got this, like, squishy little orange um, basketball. And I just rolled it into his, into his crib. And he played with it. Well, he probably bit on it more than anything else. But, I, you know, it's been something my whole life. I, I love to play. I love to watch. I, I love to, you know, coach oh my God, you know, it's like, that's the part I I love so much. Um, Now my son's 16, I don't get to coach him anymore. And my daughter's 19. I was just showing her pictures actually the other day of our, of our championship run when she was in eighth grade. And I was so excited. like That was like a big moment that my, my good friend Justin Chairman and I we coached all these years for girls basketball, but then in eighth grade, they finally won, which is, which is great. So just, just love it in general. It's really good
0: finally breaking through an eighth grade. What a better time to do it, right? That is awesome. And yeah, I mean, sports, there's just so much that can impact someone's life. You know, the coaching aspect, the teaching aspect, um, learning, you know, being coached, that aspect is always very important. The community aspect, the competition, there's so much. And it's always interesting. I love starting off like that, because it's a really, get, really great way to get people excited, kind of for the rest of the conversation, as at least that's, that's what I tell myself. Uh, because, you know, you get to talk about something you love so much, which is sports. And that's why we're here. So I think it's great. And, um, you know, moving on into your your story a little bit, I, I'm always curious and I've never actually got to speak with someone in your position or at least, you know, formally, I guess, in this sense, how the heck do you start a venture capital firm?
1: Well, you know, it's a, it's a great question. And, you know, it's something that I certainly when I was 29 and I decided to start my first venture capital fund, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, it's one of the things you mentioned earlier, right? you know, I'm, I wrote a book and, and I and, and in my book, I tell the story of this 29 year old kid who's in it was the mid 90s. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this Internet thing's happening and I don't really have an idea, but I think it can help inspire and try to coach entrepreneurs to be successful. And, you know, the first thing that a lot of people you know forget um, in the venture capital business is the number one thing you need to have is money. And I didn't have any. <laughs> that was the problem. So what I had to do is go out there and and meet people and network with people and find people that would actually buy into my story as an entrepreneurial venture capitalist to then invest in me. And fortunately, was able to do that. Find a really great partner to do that with. And you know we were we're you know fortunately you know successful and have been successful and 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 that's but that's that's the one thing I tell everybody. You know, if you can develop a network of people, no matter if it's for fundraising or if it's for helping in business, that's what it's all about.
0: That is what it's all about. And it's very surprising to me that people forget the number one thing in venture capital is money. I don't know. I think you're, uh, sounds, sounds a little confusing to me, but I'll take your word for I've never done it, so I can't do too much, but, uh, no, I'm sure it's, it's, um, it's very difficult, I'm sure. But as you said, you know, at 29, kind of young, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things you could have done.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying, the interesting part of it all is, is the reason I say it's the one thing, it's the most important thing is that, you know, a lot of young people, whether they're in college or in graduate school, at the best schools ever, they have amazing, they they really have um, amazing contacts with entrepreneurs, they know different strategic partners and businesses and sports teams, and they have all those relationships, but you can't get to that part if you're going to be in the venture business unless you have the capital to be able to make those investments and then all that stuff matters that you can you can evaluate deals and do due diligence and all that and, and, and accessing opportunities and having deal flow and all that stuff is important but the first part is about having the capital
0: that makes sense all right and that, that that when you say it like that it definitely makes sense some more um... Because, yeah, you can have all the other ancillary aspects of it, but if you don't have that one piece, literally none of it matters. They're just friends at that point, right? So, uh, you know, it's, it's cool. Everybody likes having friends, but at the same time, if we're trying to make some money, you need a little bit of money to, uh, to get involved with that. And I know, you know, your first couple funds, you guys crushed it. I mean, Indiegogo is the one company. Um, there's a couple others, if I'm not mistaken, in there that have nothing to do with sports. What was it like, you know, kind of starting to write those first real big checks and really starting to do the due diligence and find these people and, and kind of start to put this thing together and make it real and concrete.
1: Yeah. One of the big, you know, one of my favorite stories um, and really big success was with seamless web. Um, You know, seamless web was kind of a crazy business when it first started in the late nineties. I mean, people were going to say like, Oh, I'm going to order food online. I mean, I had people looking at me like, thought I had like three heads. They're like, what is wrong with you? You just call it in. You fax in your order. What's wrong with you, man? And and then, and now, we. and by the way, when we invested in the company, it was seven years before the iPhone came out. So this was really look, we had to look into the future. And I think that's what... we're doing right now. And that's why everything that we're doing in the sports industry at 76 capital and how we're thinking about the future and how we believe at 76 capital, that the future, the biggest industry that we, we see, even with all the things that are going on in the world today, that sports will be that big industry in the next decade, because you really think about what do people want to do? And that's what kind of, when you think back to the internet, it was like the, 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 um, the origins, you know, when things really started with the internet, right? Now you think now what's, what's going on? What's going on is whether no matter who you are, I think you want to do three things. Number one, you want to play sports or work out. Number two, you want to take your kid and make, try to make them elect the next LeBron James, you know, or something like that, you know, and like, that's, that's what p- kid, you know, parents do with their kids. And third is going to watch a game that could be in person, that could be at home, that could be an at, at in-person and you're betting on the game. And and so it could be that you're watching not just regular physical sports, you could be watching esports as well, right? But those are the three key things that people want to do no matter who you are. So that's why we look at sports as being this unbelievable growth industry, even during the times that we're going through mm-hmm. right now.
0: Yeah, it's... Um... Sports are my favorite thing. That's why I started this. That's why I do all the things. Today, as of recording, it won't be coming out today, but today is supposed to be opening day for baseball. And baseball is my favorite, favorite sport, hands down. So today is a, it's a, it's a, it's an, yeah, you're holding the baseball in your hand, right? I love it. It's a, it's a weird day, um, but we're going to take advantage of it. I've been watching some old games, uh, MLB Networks, streaming all these different opportunities all over the place. And you're hundred percent correct. You know, especially in times like this, the one thing most people go to is sports but this is the first time in a very, very long time that we don't have sports to go to, which is very, it's just weird, right?
1: Yeah, it's really weird. And, you know, our hashtag at 76 capital now, I mean, it was, it's always sports tech VC. Uh, but right now it's sports will be back, right? Sports will be back. We, we know it's coming back. It, they will, it will be back at some point. A lot of people are now saying the fall of 2020 will be unbelievable. This blitz of sports and you know you're gonna have everything you could ever imagine tennis football basketball the end of baseball i mean hockey starting up and i mean it's gonna be starting up or ending who knows at that point right i mean like it's just it's just crazy the amount of things that will happen then um, but what's happening right now is esports and esports is continuing and it's able to continue And you have this i racing now with nascar so there's things that are still happening. They're not your exact traditional sports. You can still, I was looking earlier, you can still find some, some interesting things on, on DraftKings. You know, like I was looking at DraftKings and there's some interesting bets that are out there right now from the, the Premier League in Belarus, the Moscow Lit Liga Pro. You know, there's, there's some crazy stuff out there. But um, you can do some futures betting right now. But like it's, it, it's it sports is where it's all, what it's, what it's all about.
0: And clearly people are placing those bets because people need to do it. There's just certain people out there. I'm not quite, I'll, you know, I'll bet on major league baseball, I'll bet on football. I'm not going to take my chances on the Moscow soccer league. I'll be very upfront, honest about that one. Um, but no, esports is, is going crazy right now. I mean, I, the, I think the third day without sports, I think I just created a Twitch account just so I could watch other people play video games pretty much at this point. So it's, it's happening. And I think, again, I love to look at things in a positive, um, and I think eSports is going to be a huge positive that comes out of this, you know, hopefully um, only a couple week, weeks, most likely a couple month months long uh, downturn.
1: Yeah. Well, we, it's, it's a big thing that we believe in as well at 76 capital. I mean, we've we're big investors in a company called nerd street gamers, which is really an amazing company that's looking to democratize eSports across the, the whole country and f- in the future of the world. Uh, we want to open it up and allow people to be able to play on you know, very high-end computers. Look, our business is a lot about in-person play, but at the same time, we've now taken, because of what's happening with COVID-19, we have taken all of our tournaments and taken them online. Uh, we're still now trying to bring more and more access to these games to everybody. That's what we're all about. And I think that you know we want to just give the opportunity for young people to be able to play. Uh, the thing is is that there are, you know, the kind of the flip of baseball, right? I mean, or, or any traditional sport, eSports has really started at the professional level. And they're now, in, and then you have colleges, 177 colleges plus now are offering scholarships and have eSports teams. I mean, from the big ones like Ohio State to, you know, probably one of the best colleges around in eSports, Harrisburg University. So you've got, you know, HU, baby. I mean, look, that's like the, the that's, that's um, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's amazing what's happening there. But what's also not really there is the the youth side of of, of of esports. And there's a number of companies, including Nerd Street, that are working on that right now and building that. And we're really excited to be part of, of that part of the, the industry. And having, you know, other investors like Comcast and Five Below with us in, you know, locked arm in arm to really go out and do this is, is very exciting.
0: Why don't you think the youth are are – Competing because I know obviously they all have the internet. They watch a lot of YouTube, right? You know, we we can see the demographics there. But why don't you think they're actually in the competition side?
1: Well, it's not that they're not competing yet. It's really that it's the fact that um, there the, the system. So like in I was talking about baseball. Like so, there's a there's Little League. There's Babe Ruth. There's your high school. There's your Perfect Game. You know, there's a whole kind of way to level up all the way through. you know, traditional sports that is not there yet from a grassroots level at from the esports level. So that's part of the things that we're, we're building um, companies like play VS and others are doing similar kinds of things. And we're working with those groups and helping them as part of this process as well. So that's where you have the opportunity to build that. I mean, cause that's why it's sort of, it's just started at the top. And was like, well, how do you be a professional player? Because the one key thing is, is that, you could be really good playing in your parents' basement. But when you get on that big stage and thousands of people are yelling and screaming, and hopefully that comes back really soon. But when that's going on, people's fingers get a little nervous. You get, you know, it's like, you know, you can give a great speech. You can go in the gym and you can shoot those foul shots and you can make nine out of 10 when it's quiet. And then all of a sudden people are yelling and screaming and you're free throw percentage a lot of times goes down because it's like when you're playing you know 2K right you know NBA 2K and my son does this to me he shakes the controller i'm like that's not fair i'm like i don't even know how to do that but he does that to me like that's it's 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 crazy
0: that is pretty funny and and that's i've never actually thought about it like that you're you're totally right you know coming up through baseball going through the minors then the majors then you go yeah at a cal ripken or babe ruth and then you go to that that middle league before the bases go from 60 to 90 where those yep. thirty feet are a lot. Um, I remember that. That was brutal. But I, I never realized that the structure started from the top, and it, it's kind of cool how you guys are trying to bring that. How how do you go about doing something like that, especially on a national level?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's not easy. It's not. It's it's a big challenge, and that's why you know we're so proud of what you know. we we're, we're so proud of 76 Capital, what John Fazio and his team at Nerd Street Gamers have done. Um, they have gone and created a national championship series. It's actually ncs.gg. If you go to ncs.gg, you'll see our national championship series, which allows kids and, and any, quite frankly, anybody to play um, all the way across um, the, uh, you know, all, all, many, all sorts of games at all, all different levels, and then be able to level up to become a national champion in that game. So that's one thing that we've, we've done. Secondly, we have started to build out these physical um, esports facilities all across the country. So, as we're speaking right now um, at the end of March, we are not going out to those kinds of places because we're doing our, our civic duty and, and, and social distancing and all the things that we need to do. We believe we'll be back, we'll, and when we are, we'll continue to do that. And that's one of the other things that we're very excited about having partners like Comcast and Five Below, where we'll be able to put more physical p- facilities in some of their um stores we announced it with five below several months ago that we're going to put in 75 esports facilities slash arenas in their stores all across the country well right now their stores are not open but when they reopen and we have to believe sports will be back and life will be back and we're going to get through this um we're going to you're going to start to see these places and we're going to start to be able to do this and, and i think it's going to be um, really exciting to see how this, how this all shakes out. And, you know, it's all about, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, building that, building out that infrastructure.
0: No, and I, I love that aspect. And thank you for the words of encouragement. Cause I do believe that sports will be back and eventually we'll all get there together. Um, it'll take a minute, but we'll get there together. And as you said, September, September and October are already two of my favorite months for sports. If everything comes back at once, uh, I think it's going to make it just a little bit better. And, and, you know, just to continue we're on the e-sports,
1: right. We're three four TVs all, to watch all these games
0: you know I already have two set up in my living room. Uh, my girlfriend's fine with it so it works out. My buddy has four set up in his so we're, we're gonna be just fine there. Don't do not worry. Um, so uh, just sticking on eSports it's such an interesting um, just an interesting discussion so I really appreciate how much you know about it. With these physical locations, one thing that you you know you hear is the sports were born and raised essentially through and on the internet. How, how many people actually want to go out to these physical locations and how many people actually, because that's kind of, you know, you hear numbers and you can use statistics to pretty much say anything at this point. How, how do you guys kind of see that aspect of it? Do 10,000 people want to go out to one of these events? Does that actually happen?
1: So, yes, it, it does happen and people do go out and, and you know this. And, and you, know, you know, all across the world, people will come out to watch the best of the best play Um, their whatever game it is i mean if it's league of legends it's five on five game if it's overwatch it's a six on six game and it's really cool to watch these teams play against each other um it's really exciting and if you've never done it and certainly right now i can't do it but when you can check it out see what it's like i mean the the excitement. Watch it. Watch some of the, the highlights on Twitch or on YouTube and, and watch these. Watch what happens. You know, this weekend, you can start watching the Overwatch League on YouTube. They're, they're now the, the streaming partner for them. So that's going to be really interesting to see this. Um, but why will people want to play outside of their homes? A couple things. Right. Number one. You know, if you and I are playing each other and your computer is better than mine and it's faster, and your connection is faster than my connection, before I even turn around, you could like whack me over the head. And I wouldn't even know it happened because my computer's slower than yours. So there's the, there's the connectivity piece, which is the one thing. The other thing is is just, is just as I said, your computer may be better. You may have a three or four thousand dollar gaming rig. I may have my laptop. And you really can't play some of these games with your laptop. You really need a serious gaming rig to do this. Now, most people can't afford a three, four thousand dollar gaming system. That's what we have at Nerd Street's local host facilities. And that's what's really amazing. And what's the, you know, what, what I find one of the coolest things ever is to watch some of the pros when they show up and they play on our equipment. And they're like, Whoa, this is amazing. Like they, they're like, this is the screen, the, 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 speed, the, this is, I mean, things just move nicely. Right. And a lot of, cause they'll bring their own keyboards, they'll bring their own mouse, but like they'll use everything else we have. And, and so that to me is amazing um, to see that it's also, but, but that again, my analogy for that, for, for people that are in the, you know, just the traditional sports world is it's like walking on into a, an arena, and getting an opportunity to shoot one shot on a basketball court. Cause like, you're like, wow, this court is, it feels different. The glass backboards are amazing. The rims, the net. I mean, like, you're just like, wow, this is not like my high school gym or my community center that doesn't even have glass backboards. So that's what happens. And to watch gamers, young, older, professional, amateur come in and play on that, Professional court is really cool.
0: That does that has to be really awesome for them and anybody else that's there to watch them, right? Like again, you know, I I kind of asked that question before a little facetiously, and I think you noticed. Uh, I know people are going to go out to go to these games. You can look it up on YouTube; it's insane. And I've I've only heard incredible things about the atmosphere and about the the players. Um, a friend of mine who I had on uh, the show as well, he's he's up in Toronto, and he told me that he went to a uh, a game. An esports competition in the same arena that the Raptors play in, the Toronto Raptors, and he said he was there for Game Six or, or Game Five, I think, whichever one um, of the NBA Finals, I think, or the Eastern Conference. I can't remember. And he said the the noise comparison wasn't even close. the 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 esports competition was so much louder, and the atmosphere was so much crazier than this professional sports team where these guys are making twenty million dollars a year. He said it was insane.
1: Yeah, it, it it really is. And 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 you know, just recently we had the same experience here in Philadelphia, which where 76 Capital is based and where Comcast is based, and five below. And Comcast put on the Overwatch finals at the Wells Fargo Center, where the Sixers, where the Flyers play, at that, that buildings owned by Comcast. And man, the it was incredible to see on so many different levels. And as you said, the noise, the excitement, um, the amount of people that w- we also have a Nerd Street. Nerd Street also has a local host facility, our esports facility inside of the Wells Fargo Center. So if you're going to, if it's an esports event, if it's a concert, if it's a Sixers game, it's a Flyers game in the arena, we have a place where you can go and play with your friends. And so people will come before the game. They'll some play even during or, or after. You can stay and do that. So but to watch the excitement of people, the, and it was a different kind of level of, 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 of fandom, of noise. The noise was, it just didn't stop. I mean, the thunder sticks were going and like, it was, it, you know, like in a, in a professional basketball game, the thunder sticks are maybe behind the basket. This place, the whole place, everyone had a, I mean, it was wild to see.
0: And that just awesome. the
1: excitement and the competitiveness and the, and, and the, and the, the fans, Wearing the team jerseys of their favorite teams was incredible and it it was just like any other you know sporting event you would go
0: to and i think I think that's one of the coolest parts about eSports is it's it's not city based right like I'm a giants fan I'm a New york giants fan I'm a new york Mets fan because well, my mom's a Mets fan, and I had to be unfortunately um but you know i'm here i'm I'm based in this area i'm I'm close to New York City, so i naturally gravitated to the teams that are close by i think with esports it's so interesting that it's more personality it's more uh you know who you like on the team or how they play and strategy wise so from that standpoint with the recent like call of duty league and i think there's another one i can't remember oh, with wow. the overwatch thank you that is city specific how do you think that is going to do compared to just some of these other teams that are just based wherever and people can watch them whenever because again it was born and raised on the internet
1: yeah, I, you know, I, I think you're, it's, it, it's a really great question as to the, what it's going to look like. And it's one of the things that we've been studying. And, and James Santor, who's my chief of staff at 76 Capital, is really a big gamer and really is, is, digs deep for us in, in, in that world. Um, and one of the things that we've, we, we've seen is that the fan bases of the local teams are going nuts for their teams. Like it's, it's really been interesting to see like the, the quote-unquote Philly fans who also have now moved over and become fans of the Philly fusion, the Philadelphia fusion. Um, it's, it's wild to see. Um, and you know, one of the things we see firsthand because of our investment in Nerd Street Gamers is Nerd Street will host some game watches. They'll, they'll host where the, the players will come and sign autographs. And there are lines and lines of people waiting to meet their player, their favorite. They'll come in their jersey. They'll come there. And and it's really incredible to see this. And so I think that's a part that we, um, you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But they really are trying to make it, you know, place-based fans. And, and, and we'll see. I mean, New York's doing the same thing and, you know, all, all the, the different areas across the country um, are, are are coming out and not only the country, the world uh, are playing, play in these leagues. So that's going to be really interesting to watch as, as things, as things mature.
0: And I think again, like they're different leagues, right? Like you can have a favorite um, premier league team and a favorite MLS team, you know, you know, like you don't have to say, I can only like phase clan. It's like, well, they're competing in different competitions. So who cares? Right
1: that's totally true. Um, I'm certainly, of course, they probably want you to like all their teams, but it's in, but it is, it is interesting to see. I mean, look, you can pick and choose, and it allows us to, you know, have more of our favorite teams. And, that, and I think it's, and that's an exciting thing that's going on here.
0: Exactly. The more, the better, the more sports, the better, right? Wayne, I love it. This is good stuff. And I know we kind of went off the rails a little bit, but whatever, we're having a good time. People are hopefully learning something about esports. And the one thing that I know, you know i've seen you speak before i've had the opportunity you know to to kind of watch that and the only thing that i've seen you get more excited about than esports is sports gambling um and so now it's weird because yeah as we were talking about before you can hop on DraftKings, and you know there was there was turkish soccer league and now somehow still some leagues in like the middle of russia are still going on and people are betting on it i know that's a fact but the the kind of the juxtaposition between what's happening with esports, where everybody's at home. So it's only the the only thing that's going on. And most people don't really gamble on it. I'm sure there are people and I'm sure it's starting, but now with sports gambling and there's really nothing on like the juxtaposition I think is a really interesting time to have you on because you're in both of these worlds and they're almost going in completely opposite directions, at least from my perspective. So get me juiced up about sports gambling. I know it's coming back, but you know, what are some of the things you're seeing right now?
1: Well, you know, when we talk about sports betting and kind of our view and how we see things at 76 Capital, and that's another, you know, area that we spend a lot of time on. Scott Powell, one of our, you know, was part of our team and he's really digging in, you know, has really dug in and continues to dig in with us on the things that we do around the esport. Um, I'm sorry, on the sports betting side of things. So we look at it like this. There are, this is a, a crazy time. And again, we have, you have to believe sports will be back. This is an opportunity for you to look at the futures, you know, and the opportunity. So it was pretty wild to see where was Tom Brady going to go? Oh, he goes to the, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's really interesting. What were the odds of him going there versus going to the Raiders? Um, That was something, but now it's with free agency and the draft coming up. It's, it's all about, you know, will, will the Kansas city chiefs repeat? Will the Philadelphia Eagles win the NFC East? What are the odds of the Eagles winning another Super Bowl? You know, being a Philly guy, we hope that they do. Right. So, um, but you know, look, your giants, you know, come on. I, (laughs) but you know, but who knows, right? Who knows how this all will play out. And that's what's so much fun about the betting side of things. Um, It really does increase fan engagement. It really does enable you to want to root for your team or root for that, 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 group that you're involved with, but you also have, you know, professional um, bettors who are really thinking about it from, you know, not from an emotional perspective, but thinking about from the data and the numbers side. So we're involved across all of this. We think there's lots of opportunity there. We are, our sports betting media company, uh, VEASAN at 76 Capital is continuing to broadcast even during these times right now. We've, our programming goes from seven to almost two o'clock every day today now. Um, our show, Follow the Money, with Mitch, Mitch and Paulie. those guys are killing it. You can see them all across the country, as well as in Canada now on Sportsnet. You can, you know, th- their show is it's on Veasan.com, it's on SiriusXM channel 204. You see it on the Marquee Network. You see it on MSG. You see it on Nessun. Um, you can, you know, listen on the, many of the terrestrial radio stations that pick up our shows across the country. So it's, it's happening, and this is also a good time from a sports betting perspective to do two things. Number one, if you're going to be a better, right, and you're looking to place bets, this is a good time to study. This is a good time to really dig into the data. And there are lots of companies that can help you, including VEASAN, that can help you with that. And we're doing some really interesting things. Josh Applebaum, who's our betting 101 guy, um, he's been doing some 101 classes around this. Um, you'll start to see you'll start to see that from a from a from a consumer perspective, but then let's shift over because I think this is what what you're you're also asking if you could shift over to the the business side the entrepreneurial side. This is an amazing time because here's what's going to happen: sports betting, first of all, has only been around on a national scale, um, and we're not even fully national yet. But on, on you know where we are. Is with 21 states now that have passed laws to have sports betting. There were 14 states um, that were live. Now we're we're back to being at zero again. So no one's live. So think about that. The starting so sports betting has only been around since May 14th of 2016 outside of the state of Nevada. So it hasn't even been two years yet, and now we're at a dead standstill for the most part. So other than as you said, some crazy games. So what does that mean for the entrepreneurial companies? What does that mean for the people that are really thinking about sports betting from a new innovative perspective? It's allowing the DraftKings and the FanDuel's and the William Hills to continue to ramp up and get themselves you know, ready for the fall because that's what we're all pushing for. But it also allows the entrepreneurs, these people that are really thinking about the next, next thing, to potentially leapfrog some of the incumbent players because of what's happening now. I think it was gonna happen anyway, but there's an opportunity. And one of the things that we say at 76 Capital is, is that we believe that there will be companies the size of Amazon, Facebook, and Google in the sports betting industry. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking to build and help these entrepreneurs get there. And we think the opportunities are there. We know there are certain specific areas, whether it's in the data collection side of the industry, whether it's the analytics side of the industry, the media side, the integrity piece of it, kind of reimagining the the world of what does this app on your phone look like in the future? And what will it look like when we're not even using phones anymore? That's what we got to start thinking about.
0: That's pretty cool. I love it. Again, I, I, I know you're going to come with some good stuff when it comes to sports betting. And I have a lot more questions, which I'm really excited for. And again, really do appreciate your time today, Wayne. I know you're a busy guy. I know times are weird, but I really do appreciate you giving me some of it today. And again, going back to, I guess, just the just the opportunities, you know, I totally agree with you. There will be some smart people out there that are thinking of something. And now, kind of with this weird downtime, they have the opportunity to really execute and get everything just right um, rather than trying to kind of fumble along the way and see what happens now everybody's a dead stop so now you can kind of come out right to where you wanted to be and, and rather than try and capture attention while everything's going on now you have the opportunity to capture attention while nothing's going on people are looking for attention as you said with, with v and what you guys are doing Brett Musburger right that's, uh, that's yeah Uncle Brent yeah yeah,
1: yeah. I mean it's re- and you know what it's cool now he actually we have time to have Brent tell his stories i mean we're talking oh my goodness years of of the biggest games ever that he broadcasted i mean how many bottles of champagne were dumped on his head when they were trying to also dump it on david stern's head or you know and it, it just the thing the, the, the opportunities in the different arenas and places that and, and stadiums that he's in, in you know broadcasted games from some of the most iconic games ever We also have the opportunity now to talk with the bookmakers that have been around for a long time in Nevada. And we do these 76 Capital Sports Innovation Summits. We do 76 Capital um, sports, um, Sports Betting Summits as well. And we do them in conjunction with VCN, and we, a few, you know, these, all of our, all of our uh, clips and and videos from all this are all on our 76 Capital YouTube channel and they're on our social media and we're putting them out there for people to watch. But there's one from two years ago where it was Brent interviewing the old timers and we're recreating a lot of that right now. First of all, that's, that's available online right now Um, and it's really cool to watch and the stories are awesome. But now we are, recreating that and doing that live with these bookmakers who are telling stories of, you know, at, at, remember when this game and the line was three and it was this, and then it moved and that shot went in and it was like, and we're able to just go through and, and, and really tell some great fun stories. And I, I'm really an enjoy, enjoying the content. I mean, I, you know, a lot of times our, we're, we're doing this from remote studios right now or people's home offices, etc., But it's so cool to hear and listen. And Chris Andrews, who's one of the, you know, you know, if you're a, a hardcore Nevada sports betting, you know, person, you know, Chris Andrews and he is, and he would run, he ran the South point. Uh, He still runs the South point and their sports book there and Vinnie Myula and his stories. And, and, and those guys are telling stories on our shows now and it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome to hear.
0: That is awesome. And it's, it's always interesting to me, especially like talking to those longtime bookmakers and line makers and like, how does Vegas know, man? Like, it's always interesting. You'll look up and you'll just be like, the Patriots are only favored by 13 and a half. Of course, they're going to blow out the 49ers when they were one and 15. Oh, wait, it was raining and they only won by 13 points. How did they know? What are they doing? It's so, ah, it's so confusing to me. I don't get it.
1: It's, it's really amazing. And, you know, I'll tell you, but that's, that's, but then that's the opportunity, right? So you think about this and they've been right for so long, right? And they've been, and, and, and when I say they, the bookmakers, right, there's really, when you really break it down, there's about seven books that originate lines that put out those original lines. And it's probably even less, but let's call it seven right now. But now there are really smart entrepreneurs, that are saying, wait a second. So it was these seven individuals that were doing this. Hmm. Let's think about, let's think back to the the New York Stock Exchange. Let's think about the way that people traded stocks, where it was just those really smart traders who knew where things were going. But then all of a sudden, what happened in the 90s? We started using computers and then really fast computers. And then we started building programs and people were writing algorithms and all of a sudden physics engines and these really smart mathematicians were showing up and building machine machine learning that was way faster than any of the brains that any of our brains can move. So that is actually happening right now in sports betting. So they're basically taking the brains of those seven people, putting that into this supercomputer Um, I'm simplifying this, right? Creating these programs and algorithms and they may be able to get those numbers even tighter. They might be able to get it to the point where they're like, where there's, you know, and also be able to, to trade and and do things on such a faster, you know, really, really fast. And the other thing is, is that this is something that's not totally new. It's something that's been going on in outside of the U S in Europe for a while. Um, Some of the major hedge funds, major financial institutions in the United States have teams of guys. Um, I'll use guys loosely here, Um, but they are in other countries right now um, trading on sports, Um, trading in, in a way, just like you would trade stocks. It's kind of funny now when you, when you see, you know, um, uh, what's his name over at Barstool, the uh, El Presidente, right? He's doing his thing, right? He's he's in, he, And he's now a, a day trader, um, which is pretty funny, right? But if you, if you really think, because again, he's no dummy. If you really think, but that's what sports betting is outside of the U.S. right now. It is like being a trader. It's just you're not able to do that right now because the games aren't on.
0: That is so interesting. And yeah, I, I do appreciate what Barstool's doing. They're like giving me something to watch and something to pay attention to. It's just funny. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh so interesting to me. Just the sports gambling landscape, the sports betting landscape has always been, you know, it's it's always been there, right? Like I, I had this conversation the other day with someone and, you know, I was 14 and I worked in a restaurant and, you know, the the people that would come in, everyone would throw five bucks in. We'd all pick the games on the lines and, you know, I was terrible at it, but it was something we just did. And like, you never... I never put two and two together that that's, that's sports betting, right? March madness. You know, we're here now. Unfortunately it's not happening, but how many millions or billions of dollars is our bet on every office pool around the country on, you know, everyone throws in 10 bucks and we all make a bracket, the Super Bowl boxes. How many people do that every year? You know, it's just crazy to me how long some of this stuff has been going on for that has been is overtly sports betting, but like that was okay. And it was always just very confusing to me. And now, you know, how, when did you see, when did you kind of get the feeling that this was going to become legal outside of Nevada? And actually, it's not nationwide yet, but eventually we'll make it nationwide. When did you kind of have that idea or see that coming?
1: Well, you know, we, we really started to see a number of business plans from entrepreneurs. Um, and, and that's where we, you know, when we like are testing the, the markets and really seeing where things are going. It's really based on our deal flow, listening to the market, talking to these amazing innovative entrepreneurs that are out there. And they're, and they're starting to talk, we're starting to talk about this almost sort of a year out from the the repeal of of, of, of PASPA or the overturning, I should say, of PASPA by the Supreme Court on May 14th of 2018. So that was starting to happen. Um, a number of the, look, there's a lot of other very, very smart people that have been have been doing this um, for a while. Again, as I was saying, like the, the groups that have been in Europe for a while, they've been preparing for these days. Um, but then, you know, when the Supreme Court took up an argument on that New Jersey case, at that point, there was the odds, right? The odds were like, wow, if they took up argument on this case, they're probably going to overturn this law we better start thinking about what's happening. And, and I'll tell you the weekend it happened, I got on a plane and man, it, it kills me to say this right now. Cause we were, we, we love, you know, moving and being out there with our entrepreneurs and being in Vegas. Um, I had to watch Vegas the other day just to get some, get the juice, you know, flowing again. You know, I, I needed to, needed to see it. I mean, it's so sad with all these casinos and bookmark bookmakers and um, sports books that are closed now. Uh, it's amazing to see, by the way, like guys like Joe Asher from William Hill, uh, how he's not taking his salary right now and he's creating this foundation and getting money to his, his employees. I mean and people that are out of work in this industry. I mean like that this is tough, tough, tough times. But look on you know May 14th, as soon as that decision came down, I bought my plane ticket and I went out to San Francisco and I met with these guys from this company called Swish Analytics and I told them, I said guys, I love what you're doing from an analytics perspective. I want to be an investor in this company. I would love to be part of this with you guys because we had been talking up until then. And the uh, LA Dodgers, uh, their venture fund, Elysian Park, uh, they were the ones who were the original investors and helped found this company way before us, even us getting involved. But It was still an early stage opportunity. We went over there, said, we want to do that. I went there, got on another plane, went to Las Vegas, sat down with Brian Musburger and Brent Musburger. And I said, I, I love what you guys are doing. You built this studio in the middle of a sports book. I mean, like it's almost, it's like CNBC stuck a studio in the New York stock exchange. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, are you guys raising capital? Are you interested in, 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 in talking? And it was awesome. We had been, you know, and, and we, we were able to do a deal and, I'm I'm so excited, you know, to be behind Brian and Bill and Stephen and, and Derek and 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 their whole team. I mean, they have just done an amazing job, and they've been able to also get great partners, you know, involved with them. And that's what's been so cool to see, to see the you know the amount of people that are 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 moving towards this industry right now from a from a business perspective. Because the opportunity is really there.
0: The opportunity is there. The money's there, right? That's where that's where everyone's trying to go. And I think it's. I'm. I'm just glad that it's legal to the point because we can talk about it now. Like it was just so stupid back. You know, everyone knew it was going on. You know, there. You know, mybookie.ag. Like, all right, why are we sending this money offshore? This is kind of shady. Like now, it's just you know, I load up DraftKings or Fanduel. I just see what the lines are, and I can just i mean i'm not a big better you know i'll put five ten bucks on on certain games that kind of as you said before the engagement if you've never had money on a game before just try it i promise you you are rooting way harder even if it's just five or ten bucks you want to win 20 you want to win 15 like it's easy but it's just so much more fun
1: yeah i'll tell you you know it's one of the things that brett musburger talks about and he talks about one of our another partner of ours um it, at VEASAN is, is Derek Stevens, who, um, who now runs Circus Sports and he's the owner of the D and the Golden Gate, and he's building the new Circuit Casino in, in Las Vegas. And he came up, and his Mike Palm and his crew came up with this bet. They called, they, I think it was called like the Grand Salami or something like that. And basically, what it was was betting on the number, the over under on hockey goals in the NHL. How many goals? We're gonna be that night in the NHL. We're gonna be scored across all the games. So what that did was it enabled the fans to just, if the number was sixty-four goals, you think it's gonna score score more or less? And Brent always says, I always went for the over, and I was just watching NHL Network, just cheering for goals. And how much fun is that?
0: 100% I mean life's what is it life's too short to bet the under we always know that I mean that's not from a professional standpoint don't don't take that advice but it's more fun that way you always want more points and that has to be so much fun as you're saying you're just sitting there you're just rooting for goals you're just rooting for fun you're rooting for action and I mean that's why we watch sports right like yes I will sit down for a Clayton Kershaw one nothing game every day of the week I will love that but most of the time you know give me that five to six game you know with the 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 uh the walk off in the ninth inning that's that's the fun stuff. That's what we're looking for. So I totally agree. And that's a pretty funny bet. I will, uh, when all that stuff comes back around, maybe I'll look into some of that and just root for goals, root for points. That's what we're here for.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's wild. I mean, and and then, you know, with all the new data, I mean, this ball that I've been holding this this whole time, right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's from our, from our company, Diamond Kinetics. Um, and, and Diamond Kinetics is a baseball technology company and this ball, you can just literally throw it. And on your phone or iPad or, or computer, it will show the velocity, the spin rate, what, where your arm position was when you released it. And it's these incredible new innovations that now you're getting this new data that you've never been able to get before. The sensors inside of bats, the sensors in basketballs today to be able to track. We have a company called Shot Tracker that tracks you know, every single move. In sub-second, you know, I mean, we're talking where we're able to track over 120 movements a second that a basketball player makes on the court. Now, those seven guys we were talking about before that make lines, you know, they probably are not going to go that deep to the, you know, sub-second. They're still really good. But now that you start thinking about that, you have this data. What can you now do? with that data? What kind of bet opportunities? What kind of prop bets? What types of new types of wagers can you even think of that we've never even thought about because we get all of this data and then we can crunch it, analyze it, and spit it out in ways that you would have never thought before. And, you know, that's the cool thing where entrepreneurs and people that are working at companies today, whether it's a Google or a Facebook or Twitter or places like that, who are, who are saying, wow, I, I can do some amazing things with data from a social media perspective or a search perspective, but I could do this in sports. All right, I'm in. Let's, figure some, let's make some cool stuff. And that's what's happening right now.
0: And I love that. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I started this show specifically is because there are so many different opportunities in the world of sports. People think you have to be an athlete, you have to work for ESPN, work in a front office, but there are just so many different things such as the, you know, diamond kinetics, the analytics, like you can do analytics for social media, or you can do analytics for the NBA. Uh, Pretty easy if you ask me kind of how that works. So I think it is so cool. And just some of the things that you've touched upon today, I really appreciate it again. And um, I just think it's so, so awesome what you guys are doing.
1: No, I appreciate that. And, and for us, I mean, and again, again, thank you for having me. And I'll tell you, you know, it's this, this is the, these are the kind of opportunities that my team and I at 76 Capital always want to take. Because if just by doing this show and, and sparking new ideas for us, for you, for people that are watching and listening, and, and they have that entrepreneurial idea. We want to talk with them. We want to hear from them. Reach out to us at 76capital.com. You know, if you don't have that idea and you want to just work for Swish Analytics in San Francisco, or you really just love what Visa's doing in Nevada or and or any of our companies, we are always looking for new talent, new ideas, new opportunities, new companies to invest in. Um, We've met investors through these types of things that who invest, whether it's with us in the companies that we've already invested in or who are interested in what we're doing at 76 Capital. So we are never, you know, there's um, we're always out there trying to spread the message of entrepreneurship and connecting and helping others and doing it all around the world of sports. I love it.
0: That's the best way to do it, right? As we were saying before, the community aspect. And I know we only have a couple more minutes. and I just have, I have a million more questions and we're not going to get, we're going to have to do this again sometime, hopefully. No but problem. The, 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 the last thing I wanted to ask you about again with, you know, uh, most of this conversation has been based around esports and betting. Where's that intersection? And what does that look like right now in the current state of things? Because it's only been in the last two years, at least from a outsider's perspective, not someone inside of both of those industries, that they both blew up. You know everything with Fortnite when that came out, esports became normal lexicon. Betting obviously once it became legal. I was here in New Jersey, so you know rock on. We did something. I guess that's good. Um, Where is that intersection, and what do you see for the future of betting on esports?
1: So I think that's a really great question. It's one of the things that Seventy Six Capital we really look at. I mentioned this earlier that um, you know my chief of staff James Santor is somebody who is is really focused on this for for us and with and for us at Seventy Six Capital and. Um, we, you know, James and I and, and our, and our and, and other companies that we've invested in and one which we will be hopefully announcing very shortly um, that we have we've, we've invested in um, and they're doing some really cool things. We're going to uh, around this convergence of the esports world and sports betting. Now, it's not a new thing. There is betting on, on, on esports all across the country um, and even the world. Um, a lot of it has been in um, offshore books and other types of things that you were talking about this earlier. One of the great things is now sports betting is regulated. That's a big deal. It's why we're investors in companies like U.S. Integrity, we want to make sure that you know, the team at in U.S. Integrity, they're able to be that third party um, company that goes out there and makes sure that everything's on the up and up. We want to make sure that everything's on the up and up, and that's, the, that's one of the big things around eSports. The other thing is around eSports, and these are the opportunities. So, those seven guys we talked about, they don't really know esports that well. Okay. They're older guys. They don't play video games that much. Maybe their kids or grandkids do, but they don't really know the difference between League of Legends and Overwatch and Call of Duty. Um, You know, they're not, they're like this Fortnite thing. I don't know. It sounds kind of cool, right? But like, that's not their worlds. Those are not their worlds. But there are other bookmakers that are out there that are thinking about this but then there's the opportunity of the next generation bookmaker the next generation what these lines look like you said this earlier michael i mean i think this is really interesting you said earlier about the fact that you said you know what there's a opportunity right you you were talking about um i think one of the one of the things you were talking about was how you have these athletes um who or or stars in the in the in the esports world that People are getting to know. That's like betting on whether Steph Curry is going to score more than 20 points in this game. There are those kinds of prop bets that you can make in the esports world, and that's what's going to be really interesting. You'll also see, I'll kind of uh, foreshadow maybe a little bit with a company that we in, in invested in recently. You'll be able to see across the screen as you're watching on a streaming service or on your television set. Around the outside of that screen, you'll see those bets. You'll be able to then make those op bets as that's happening. Look, it's going to happen across all the networks. But I think the interesting thing is, is that because we have so much data, or the publishers in the in the um, publishers of the video games of the esports games, and they have so much data, they have so much information, they're able to really pump out these interesting opportunities and bets around the game you'll have that we'll have that very very shortly in traditional sports as well but all this is coming together it's we really you know it's it's the it's similar technologies Um, you know I tell people all the time just because you're a gamer doesn't mean you're not a real athlete you know a gamer is an athlete a gamer you know an athlete is a gamer they're the same thing uh, some of the greatest athletes out there, like one of our guys at Rubicon Talent. And Rubicon Talent's one of our our sports marketing partners uh, that we have at Seventy Six Capital, and they have a a lot of their their clients there. Guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Eric Ebron and Benny Snell. These guys are gamers. They love to game, and they're awesome on the football field. So it, it's it, these worlds are all coming together: sports betting, esports, professional sports. You know. I mean, it's, it's wild. It's, it's, it's such a fun time. Uh, It's so unfortunate that we have this pause now, but as we said, sports will be back. That's what we believe at 76 capital. It will come back. It'll come back differently. I believe, hopefully there'll be these amazing entrepreneur entrepreneurial ideas, innovative ideas. Um, Hopefully some of the the companies that are, are leading the charge or some of the portfolio companies of ours at 76 capital. We would certainly love that, um, but and, and and new companies and new entrepreneurs that we meet. But we're constantly trying to put the message out there: Let's think, let's innovate, let's try to move things forward, let's try to make. I mean, look, this is the time. If there's ever a time, this is the time to make the impossible possible. First, we need to get us. We need to get a cure. We need to get some kind of a cure for this this terrible virus. And there are entrepreneurs that are working very very hard. I mean, we, we were in, you know, over the years, as you mentioned this earlier, not always been in the sports industry. Over the last three, four years, that's all we do at 76 Capital. But in the past, we did other things. So we're investors in companies like Startup Health, where they have entrepreneurs at Startup Health that are thinking every single day, trying to figure out how we can stop this virus. And we will. That's, we're, we're that kind of a country. We're that kind of, an, of a world where we will come up with the solution. And then sports will be back. Because that's what we all want to do. We want to play. We want to take our kids out there, and we want to watch. And then it's going to all happen. And then once this is all here, oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait, Michael. I'm I'm so fired up. I mean, like I'm 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 so excited about about when this all ends. Um, but we got to be careful. We just got to be careful right now. But we got to be smart. We got to think big, and we got to use this time as an opportunity to imagine what the future will be and make it. We can do it. That's what we're going to do here.
0: We can do it. Wayne, this was incredible. Um, I have so many, we didn't get to talk about your book. We didn't even get to talk about the rebrand of your company, how you even got into the sports world. But this last hour was incredible. Sincerely appreciate your time today and so excited. I, we're going to have to do this again soon if you got the time.
1: I'd love to. Thanks, Michael. Really appreciate it. It was so much fun.
0: Thank you all for listening to this episode with Wayne Kimmel. As I said, he's amazing. Uh, we didn't get to most of the stuff I wanted to talk about because we were just kind of wrapped up in the conversation, enjoying ourselves, and, uh, you know, he was teaching me a lot, and I was asking him some questions, and he kept teaching me some more, so I appreciate him for that. Make sure to please follow him on all of his socials and 76 Capital on all theirs. Everything is in the show notes. If you could, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you're listening. A review would be super helpful, and it would really help us get the word out a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, other than that, thank 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 you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. I appreciate some of yours and I hope you make it a wonderful day.